to episode 57 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. This episode, we hung out with Roxanne and Robin Cledier. They're two talented French designers. Both are at Facebook or joining Facebook. And they're so much fun to talk to. They're so talented. It's ridiculous. And we were super excited to have them on. Let us know what you think of the episode on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. Or you can chat with us in our Slack team. Uh, there's over 500 people in there chatting about design, development, tools, uh, critiquing each other's work. To join, just go to spec.fm slash slack, enter your email address, and we'll send you an invite. As always, we also appreciate iTunes reviews. Those super help. We've gotten a ton recently, which has been great. And they've all been five stars, which is a plus. Thank you. Yesterday, we released the first episode of one of our new podcasts. It's called Immutable. Sam Sofis and myself answering listener questions and talking about industry news topics and just interesting technical subjects. So that was really fun. We're excited to see what people think. Uh, that'll be out every Tuesday as well. And you can find that at spec.fm. Before we get into the show, huge thanks to the two sponsors that made this episode possible. First, Code School back again. CodeSchool is an online learning destination for existing and aspiring developers that teaches through entertaining content. If you want to learn how to code, CodeSchool is the place to do it. They pair immersive video lessons with in-browser challenges to help you learn how to code straight from the comfort of your browser. That sure sounds like play learning, like you're, you're learning through having fun. You're learning through having fun and doing, so you're not just sitting there reading code. Each course has a unique theme and storyline, so it actually feels like you're going through a game and a plot, uh, not just sitting through a classroom of, of boring lectures. So whether you've been programming for decades or you've just kind of been itching to learn how to code, Code School has something for you. They teach courses in JavaScript, Ruby, Git, HTML and CSS, and iOS. They also have elective courses on topics like Try R and the Chrome DevTools. They also have an iPhone and iPad apps you can learn on the go. In your commute, you can do these courses. More than a million people are already using CodeSchool to learn to code and also hone up on their existing development skills. Yeah, even if you don't intend to be a developer, learning to code is super helpful. It helps you communicate with the teams you're working with, whether that's web developers, iOS developers, native developers, whatever. It's super helpful. We really appreciate them supporting the show, so be sure to check out codeschool.com slash design details. Our second sponsor, once again, Hired. Hired is like a really unique way to get employed. I'm trying to avoid using the word hired. How do, how do I do that? So <laughs> to get it, a job. It's like a job board in reverse. You apply to Hired and then companies apply to hire you. So they, they come to you. When the companies apply, you can view the offers and accept or reject them before talking to them at all. Each offer has salary and equity up front. They have full-time and contract opportunities. They work with over 2,500 pre-screened companies, whether they're startups, large companies, medium companies, agencies, whatever. And employers from 12 major tech hubs are on the platform. Uh, San Francisco, LA, Seattle, New York City, Chicago, Atlanta, San Diego, Boston, London, Toronto, DC, and Austin. It's a lot of cities. It's completely free. It costs you nothing. And you have no obligations at any point in time. If you get a job through them, though, they'll give you two grand. That's like a relocation benefit from a company. But if you use our link, they'll double that and give you $4,000. And they'll continue supporting the show. You literally have nothing to lose by using this thing. It supports something you like. It gives you money. You can get hired. Hired.com slash design details. That'll let them know you came from the show. They'll keep supporting us. And you can go get a job and four thousand dollars so you really have nothing to lose there not a bad deal thanks once again to hired and with that let's get into episode 57 with robin and roxanne cledier uh so i'm robin uh i'm a product designer at facebook uh i'm working in a newsfeed team um yeah that's it came from france really Yes. We oui. can hear that, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm Roxanne. I'm Robin's wife. Uh, I'm about to start at Facebook in one month and a half. And I'm pretty excited about it. I will be a product designer there. And meanwhile, I spend my time designing and cooking for myself. That's it. And for me. Cooking for me. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you would die. <laughs> 
Awesome. So you're both from France? Yes. Where? What part of France? So we're from a little tiny village uh, in France. So we're from the same part of France. It's uh, called La Creuse. Uh, and we made our studies in Limoges. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a we, bigger place, like yeah. not as big as Paris, of course, but uh, it's really small. We met at the uh, university, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, we're from like tiny uh, villages. Uh, like for me, it was like forty people, half of them from the family. So wait, wow, a village of forty people. Yeah, yeah, I grew up there. Yeah, no way. Yeah, was it the same for you as well? Like that um, small? No, it was a little bit bigger. We had like uh, six thousand. Uh, and I've been there. That's a lot of cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Is that where the love of burgers came from? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, they have pretty good beef over there. <laughs> cool. And so, when did you come over to work here? I guess. Um. So we arrived in the U.S. like eleven months ago. Um. I came here before that uh, for like seven months working for a startup. Uh, but then Roxanne and I, we wanted to, um, she visited San Francisco, she fell in love with the city, so we wanted to move here uh, permanently. So we started to do like a bunch of interviews and everything, uh, getting ready for the visa process. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, basically our life uh, for like when two years ago was uh, we were working, he was working for a startup and I was working for a web agency. So by day we were regular designer, by night we were freelancing and having a lot of interviews too, so we can get to the US. Yeah. So basically uh, our life was pretty busy at the time. So what was the order like where you both decided you wanted to go to Facebook and then you both ended up getting jobs? Um, so I've been in contact Spoilers. with Facebook for a long time, uh, like three years ago. I yeah. received like a first email about, about like joining Facebook. Uh, but at the time I didn't know how to speak English. So like the interview was like uh, really shitty. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, after that, like I contacted them every year, uh, but there was always an issue with the visa and everything. But I contacted them again in... Um, October 2013 um, and we did the interview uh, from uh, like a, a phone call uh, interview and then they brought me on site that was like in January uh, in January 2014 uh, and I knew I would get an offer like the next day which was pretty cool uh, but that was that was really cl close to Roxanne and at the time we didn't have the same last name uh, so they didn't know that we were together which was pretty funny uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was contacted like uh, so I had a lot of interviews um, at the end of the year of 2013 I guess and there was a lot of um, problem with the visa like oh you need a visa so we can have you here uh, it's still a lot to process so we can have you here right now so I was kind of desperate and then one day I had this um, amazing email from Michael Smith uh, hey I'm a recruiter at Facebook do you want to talk uh, yeah of course I want to <laughs> uh -huh. talk uh, and from there I had like every little step and it was funny because we were in New York in February and Robin just had his interview and his offer and I was kind of oh my god I don't know what's gonna happen and we were in New York when I received the email like hey Roxanne come on site uh, you're up for an interview and side interview so I was really excited so we just came back to France and I flew back to San Francisco like two days later uh, <laughs> and I stayed there for two days and I had an awesome time at Facebook and yeah I got the offer and we were pretty excited like I wasn't expecting that at all like yeah. like everything happened in two weeks basically yeah uh, and they still didn't know that you two were together so they knew at some point because um, when Roxanne was doing the interview on site, I was actually talking to her recruiter on Messenger at the same time. I wanted to know how she was doing and everything. <laughs> uh, so like, Doing a little recon. Yeah, uh, that, that, that was pretty fun. Uh, they knew that we were together because we were maybe... Uh, talking a little bit about this you know portfolios and everything yeah we had a lot of uh, like we made like a lot of projects um together like mm -hmm. for fun 
Oh, so you guys have worked together for a long time before this then? Um, a few months. Oh, okay. Know, six, seven months. Yeah. Um, I was I was working for a web agency um, in France. And uh, Roxanne, she was still studying at the time. She was looking for an internship. Um, and I think I actually told her, don't apply to yeah. my company. <laughs> you said, don't come here. You don't want to come here. I don't want to work with you. I was like, what? <laughs> No, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> Not that harshly. No. No. And so she did apply anyway. And I knew that later. Um, but she got the, the internship. Uh, and so that was, yeah. So we worked together for like six or seven months. Yeah, we kept the secret of our relationship. Yeah, nobody so it knew. it was pretty hard. Uh, and yeah, it was actually my uh, superior. Like he was taking care of me. He was supposed to mentoring me like in the in the first weeks and stuff so it was pretty weird <laughs> and so i yeah we didn't say anything because i didn't want people to think that she got the interview the uh the job because of this so and i guess that's a little bit more um like in france like working with like a girlfriend or anything that's maybe more uh, tricky. yeah i don't know it's just not the best situation um so yeah we didn't say anything uh and then, yeah, and then I left this company and so Roxanne got a permanent job there. Yeah, uh, I took your place. Yeah, she took my place, basically. <laughs> uh, but you ended up on different visa tracks. Like what happened? Because you, you got the offer several months ago and you don't start till October. Yeah. And then you started last October. Yeah. So what happened? So we got the offer at the same time. Uh, and so we applied for the H-1B visa. Uh, so you basically apply in April and you have the result in May or June. Um, so the number of demands is ridiculously high. So they make a lottery to see who's going to be lucky or not. Uh, Robin was, I wasn't. Yeah, so it was like, I guess you get like one chance out of two to get the visa because there's so many people applying and you do have to get an offer to apply, like the company is applying for you. Uh, and that's once every year. It used to be twice a year, um, but they like there's too many people applying now. So yeah, that was one chance out of two. And like I got a result like pretty quickly, you know, like a couple of weeks. And for Roxanne, we waited like a few months to like know because you can still have a chance to get picked at the very end um but no that that didn't happen so the good thing about this situation is that facebook is not um it's facebook is keeping the offer anyway um and they were willing to apply like a year later mm -hmm. um they also i think they offered you to work in the london office no because your london office wasn't developed oh, yeah, enough yeah. at that time but that was soon after that but yeah, uh, long story short, we got married, so I can follow him to the to the US. It yeah. was like we were like, okay, so some of our people around us told us, like, yeah, you're just getting married because of the visa, and I was like, what's the best excuse to get married that uh, just get to stay together forever? Uh -huh. Like <laughs> we were separate for seven months when he worked for the startup here two or three years ago. And actually, it's not really easy for a couple. So oh, yeah. I guess that was the best reason for us to to get married. So yeah. so yeah. So the the wrong side with that is that I'm on an H four, so I can't work at all. So I got a lot of uh, freelance offer, and I couldn't honor them because I couldn't get any money at all. So but you have been keeping yourself busy with just like fun side projects. Yeah. Can uh, you talk about those? Yeah. Uh, so I started with uh, my obsession with burger. Uh, I love burgers. So with Robin, we just like fight a lot about what's the best burger ever. <laughs> uh, what does it take for a burger to be good and stuff. So you I guys, you guys love burgers. Like you had burgers at your wedding, right? Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We decided to make everything from scratch for our wedding. Yeah. So. We made it ourselves. It, yeah, it looked true. amazing. Oh my God. Wow. That, that, that was easy because it was like a 20 people wedding. So it's okay. easy to make food for like 20 people. Yeah. If you have yeah like it's easy when you bake, right? I was, when you cook. 
<laughs> it was easy for you is that what you're saying <laughs> i was doing a lot of stuff but not mm-hmm. not cooking <laughs> sure uh so yeah i decided like to okay we're gonna start eating a lot of burgers and try um all the burgers we can uh so i started the project 52 burgers challenge how uh, many burgers in are you i'm laid by five burgers now because it's pretty hard to keep the pace like one burgers a week it's huge like you have to find a new place like to try something new to eat them and it's a lot of work and a lot of <laughs> you also yes, write about it a lot yeah so yeah uh basically right now i have like 30 30 yeah maybe and so far i think the marlo's burger is the best for me yeah the marlo (laughs) burger is the way to go yeah and we'll we'll wait till the end of the year because when we get back to france uh, for christmas holidays i have a lot of burgers that i love over there so i would love to compare to compare them to the yeah. one from here we'll see what is the the winner at the end of the year is it a global champion then no mm, i don't know um i think i'm gonna win because the Marlowe's burger is definitely the best and not the burger bar but yeah no, no, I'm, no I'm, burger bar is woof not great I, you like burger bar i've never been i like it but i think i prefer Marlowe's now yay uh, i won but there's there's like some places in france i really love so we'll see maybe I don't know. Maybe they are better than you with like burgers. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we have pretty good beef. Okay. And another project that I'm working on and that I love is People Over Heroes. I don't know if you heard about it. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. So <laughs> I decided to start this um, blog because um, I love to write a lot. And like since I can't work... Uh, I can still be inspired with people. And when I was in France, I used to admire a lot of designers and engineers and a lot of people. And and when they had uh, a dribble meetup, uh, like uh, earlier this year, I met Tim Van Damme. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm meeting him. Uh, it's <laughs> Tim cool. is great. Yeah. It's a regular person. It's normal. Uh, I'm cool. I'm not nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Give me this drink. Um, So, yeah. And I figured, too, that um, Jean-Marc Denis was one of our neighbors. And I was like, okay, I follow him everywhere. And he's like, my neighbors. It's going to be okay. So, it was was weird to, like, see these people in the real life and to figure that they were just like me. They were admiring all the other people, too. So, it was fun. So, I decided to create a blog where I can, like, repertory it, like, every people that I love or who inspired me every day. And I don't want them to be only designers or like uh, I had like uh, a SPCA volunteer, a makeup artist, like because I think there's a lot of other field that could inspire you or people could inspire you with their personality or their beliefs. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, basically I love to take pictures. I love to write a lot. So it's a good deal. You do some great illustrations with them and then you also center them kind of around superheroes. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so I decided to go with a theme, the superhero theme, because I'm I'm a big fan of superheroes. And and it was funny, like I, I read a lot of interviews and there's always the same question. What are you? Who are you? What are you working on? When did you start designing or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, I'm going to make a classical interview at first and then like making this parallel with superheroes Mm -hmm. because it could be fun because if these people are my heroes they are kind of superheroes too so it was like yeah and so everyone has to pick their favorite superheroes growing up or now whatever and yeah i'm trying to like making some little illustration to represent them and yeah it's it's pretty fun. I'm having fun with this project right now. How many have you done total? Mm, I guess ten, and wow. a lot of uh, a lot of other people are coming really soon. Uh, the blog like just 
I was like, it was like holiday, right? So like the sun and stuff. So now we're gonna work hard and find other heroes and and make a lot of photos and stuff. So <laughs> it's gonna be exciting. So you have this very unique style of illustration that you tend to do a lot. It looks like a simulated like offset printing style. Yeah. When I was younger, I always picture myself at making things with my hand, like um, screen printing, letterpress, mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And so it was like um, the occasion like to make something like the parallel be between superheroes and people. So it's always between uh, two sides of personality. So it's like you su superpose like the illustration and the type and this kind of stuff and it reminds me like the screen printing process when you go over with a layer let it dry and then go there with another layer and every people has a lot of layers of personality so that's kind of metaphorical i guess wow that's awesome that's incredible we'll have uh links to those illustrations in the show notes great <laughs> <They're> <laughs> so good so you tend to focus on UI. Are you also a UI designer? Yeah. Okay. I'm still that. I'm just trying to like having a lot of self project on the side. And yeah, I can't wait to show that I can do with mobile and web <laughs> when I get back to Facebook. What was like the, the start of all this? I think we've heard from a lot of people that they like to hear sort of the origin story. Like what got you into design? How did you get into designing products and interfaces? Um, so f for me, I guess the, um, the university where we studied, um, we were studying uh, communication, like all type of communications. Um, and I'm not really good with like writing and speaking, uh, but, like visual communication was really cool. Uh, we started to play with Photoshop. Um, but at the time I didn't know anything about web design. That was in 2007. So like that was not like a very uh, like, famous job at the time i guess um so i started to play with photoshop i spent like an entire summer like um like doing tutorials to understand all the tools and everything to make sure i really understand what i can do with photoshop um and then i got an internship um in belgium uh in a web agency and so i started to understand that okay you can use this tool to create website and like create like the iPhone just came out in 2008 maybe 7 I don't know so like that that became really like interesting mm -hmm. all the stuff that you can do with Photoshop uh so I guess that's that's how it like I discovered everything and with that Dribble came out in 2010 and so started to discover more things like all the startups in the US all the companies and everything so it became really really interesting at some point and then you went from there to a startup right Yes. So after I um, left the web agency, Roxanne took my place. And um, I think it, it all started because Roxanne suggested my name to uh, five awesome designers. You know, the website with... Uh, I think that was made by, by uh, Les Avignon. Uh, okay. Mathias yeah. From Tobias Austria. Van Schneider worked uh, there. Yeah. And right. Matthias Matenzi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was trying to be bold, like... It's not because he's my husband, but I'm a really huge fan as, of Robin's work. <laughs> so I was trying to, to be bold and I uh, sent an email to Matthias uh, because he was a creator of this uh, platform. And I was like, hey, I have a wonderful designer you have to check on. And he was like, okay, Robin was on my list, but I'm going to put it on the website tomorrow. So from there, you got a lot of offers and contacts. Oh, so wow. It was awesome. That, so that, I think they're doing this again this year. It's like a website. They post like an, the portfolio of a designer every day for the year. 365 um, awesome designers. 365 awesome designers. Um, and yeah, from that, I received a lot of emails. I didn't knew at the time that I could join a company in the US. That that was that was just crazy to me. Um, but so I did my first interview with Facebook, which was a mess. Like I did more interviews, and so I got better with English, and I eventually joined a startup in San Francisco for uh, seven seven months. Um, like Roxanne was still in France, so it was very complicated to work and also keep this relationship uh, with like distance and nine hours of difference every day uh so 
I decided to come back. But she came for like 15 days in the US and she really loved the city and everything. Uh, so yeah, that's how we decided to like try to come back together this time. Can I ask what the startup was or um, is it still around? No, that's, I'm not, I'm not sure that's still around. Uh, we were working on like second screen uh, experience. Um, so like we were like a small company of like 15 people. I was the only designer in the company. Um, and so the idea was when you look, like you're watching sport on TV, you could talk with fans and interact with them and like play and guess what's going to happen in the game, uh, which was pretty cool. But there was a lot of uh, issues. And and so like decided to leave uh, after a few months. So how was it partnering together for freelance stuff or were you doing it separately? Uh, we did both. Uh, yeah. Uh, you hear yeah. a lot of advice for, like as a couple you shouldn't work together but that seems yeah. to have worked all right for yeah, you yeah you guys are not you keep following doing it. that <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think we can work pretty well together um, because we can separate our feelings from our work and we have the same background but we have different abilities uh, so i'm good at having ideas explaining my ideas uh, making a lot of uh thing like that, uh, thinking about uh, the concept, wireframing. Uh, I'm good at pixels too, but I think that's more your stuff. Like you're good at making specs and making yeah. good pixels. And yeah, I think our skills are, are kind of, yeah, we, we can we, combine your skills. We know each other really well. So it's it's very easy to like take a project and like make a final product because we know how to be fast together. Um, that doesn't mean we don't fight. We do for a lot of stuff, uh, but we know how to stay like professional with like a project or anything. So, yeah, that yeah. that could be a good thing. But maybe it's like better to have like a different experience at the beginning. I don't know. Yeah, um, I agree. But at at some point, that that that's gonna be very interesting to work together, especially at Facebook. Yeah, but freelancing, we had like this one project. Uh, it was for a startup uh, in France. And actually you were working, it's called Glows, uh, and it was working for them like uh, freelancing, doing websites, uh, mobile and stuff. And one day the CEO came at me and said, uh, okay, I'm going to need some illustration for book covers. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and so it was um, continuing working with the UI and UX and and the website and I was doing like more typical uh, visual design thing uh, with uh, book covers so basically our works merge at some point so it was yeah, fun because I was I was using Roxanne's covers in the UI and she was like giving me feedback on the UI I was giving her feedback on the covers so that that worked that pretty well yeah I think, I think that's our uh, project together yeah I think that's pretty rare that's really cool do you also work on illustrations? Uh, I do. Uh, I'm I'm trying to um, like it's especially at Facebook. It's very difficult to show maybe all the skills that you have because mm -hmm. not all the projects requires illustration, and we we like most of the time we go through contractors for that. Um, so I'm actually working on an internal application to like meet employees and uh, discover all the places that we have at Facebook, and I'm using like I'm making an illustration for all the places that we have i'm like taking a picture of the building and turning that into an illustration to use on the app so i'm trying to show like everything that i can do and um, but I, I really love illustration as well you haven't seen that brian no i haven't seen this it's, it's pretty cool it's, it's brian just got really good. excited yeah i want to see this yeah I'll, cool. I'll show you okay. yeah that's beautiful actually yeah you guys are in different teams huh yeah we are yeah yeah different organization yeah yeah oh yeah you work for Tehan, Robin, and yes. you work for Lax, Brian. Yes. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's an interesting that's way to cool. think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's interesting the way the teams are split up. Like, I don't know that we'll work together too often, but like, it's cool that, so Robin and I ride the same bus and like, I can ask him questions about like, here's yeah. a problem I'm having and you can, that's probably one of my favorite things about Facebook so far is just like the transparency between the teams. Like yeah, you can talk about what you you're can, working on. You can see the work of everybody through Pixel Cloud. So it's like a dribble intern, internal dribble. Um, and so I can see brands work and like sometimes we send each other messages to get feedback. And yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. There's a lot of designers everywhere in the company. So that that's really nice. There's so many designers. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad problem to have. It's not even a problem. 
it's a no, good problem. Cool. <laughs> it's a good problem. I think the the trickiest part is like the information sharing and and communication part of it. Yeah, and like because there's so many designers, how do you keep everything consistent on the product that we have? Because everybody's working on different things, and we need to make sure that we all use the same patterns and everything. Speaking of communication, you you joined a team while you still couldn't speak English or didn't speak English. So, I no, I knew how to speak English at this time because I got this experience with the startup two years ago. Oh, that's what I meant. Like, how was oh, it communicating we, during that time? Oh, that was that was really difficult. Uh, so half of the company was French. Okay, which is why that's I it's a little better. Which is why <laughs> I picked this one and not like others. Um, so that was that was easier. And then, like, I guess it's. That was really easy for me to like understand like what's happening on the TV. If you're looking at a TV show and everything, I could understand things, right? But if if you have like conversations with somebody, and especially like design conversation, that's that's very difficult. So like just it's definitely easy to learn when you're in the country. You like hear people speaking English all the day, uh, so that's definitely easier. Um, but that's that's the long that's a long road, and I'm still. I'm still improving this. That's that's still very difficult. Has that been the hardest part about coming from France to the States to work on products? Is the language barrier? Um, I guess that depends on the company. Uh, when I joined Facebook, I didn't realize that you, like as a designer, you're going to communicate all the time for like many reasons. Like with other designers doing critique, you have to talk about the product that you're building. You have to like justify why you're doing this. Um, but also um, like new designers are going to come and you need to like explain to them what you're doing in a team. Uh, and you communicate with like data research and engineers and PMs. And that's a lot of talking every day. Um, and so it could, be, it could be very difficult, especially for a designer. Um, but yeah, that's that's possible. <laughs> yeah, I've just always like I've been chatting with a lot of people lately that are so interested in what's happening in San Francisco. But there's like quite often a barrier to them getting here. Um, visa is obviously like a huge one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's just like a fear as well. Like, were you guys scared or nervous the city can to be come intimidating. over? Yeah. Um, yeah, because the, so the city. So we we're not afraid of the city because we came here before and we knew that was pretty cool. That's not as big as Paris. Uh, but then there's like a lot of questions around like uh, the medical system, the banking system, like you have to do like everything from scratch here. And that's already very difficult in France to understand. So it's like, that could be a barrier for people for sure. The language as well. Yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it was pretty exciting, like more than anything else. Uh, like you, you'll start a new life. You have a clean state you just pack all your stuff and go to a different country settle in a new place and like start over and there's not a lot of people who are able to do that in their mm -hmm. life so it was worth the effort yeah yeah, yeah sure. totally I, I guess the biggest um like issue with this transition is you have to leave your family behind yeah in, that's the worst France. part like yeah. and like and family and friends that's that's but, difficult but they're pretty happy to come here visiting so <laughs> yeah and you yeah, they're just here right <laughs> yeah like yeah two, ago, two, two months ago three months ago oh. they're they loved it there's also like a french design crew it's of pretty san francisco <laughs> it's yeah i, I don't know how did that happen? I, I don't know. It's like we just we just gathered together. We just yeah. meet each other. It's like <laughs> I met Christophe like a couple of years Christophe ago. Christophe Tozier. Yeah. Uh, like I met him at a Twitter meetup like two years ago. And so when I joined Facebook, he saw that. And so we, we had lunch. And then I uh, we had a dinner with his wife and Roxanne. So they, they met. Uh, and then they... Claire, who's us. also a designer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, super yeah. talented. Yes. That's crazy. Like 90% of all French people I know are designers and it kind of blows my mind. That's that's true. <laughs> I think 100% of French people I know are designers. I don't know any other French that's people. A, that's probably fair, actually. Yeah. You met Sebastian, Sebastian and Jean-Marc. Jean so yeah, we met all of them <laughs> like after like, like, I don't know, we were a group of like 10 12 French. Yeah. And it was, it was really fun because we, we heard of them. And when we meet them, we just figured that we have a lot in common, like without forcing things or whatever. Uh, for example, we went to to 
Christmas holiday in Oregon with Claire and Christophe that we barely knew at that time. Yeah, we met them like one month before that. Awesome. Like we had like this uh, huge uh, amount of things in common, like photography, board games and food and stuff. But yeah, that was awesome. We talked about pixels, photos and, and yeah, just like every people that we know are just... Um, like motivated by the same challenges and the same thing and every single one of them have his or her story and mm -hmm. and yeah there's a lot of visa issues and yeah and uh, the yeah a lot of things like that we have like one engineer two engineers in our group i guess and the yeah. other are yeah. designers yeah. or yeah so when are you going to form like a french design super group we should <laughs> i don't know not design only but we should like i tech. don't know i think it's important for us to mingle with others yeah. like oh of course american people uh <laughs> no I, what stood out to me there is that it sounds a lot like a microcosm of the way i view the city where it's just a lot of people with the same kind of energy where they just want to get things done anytime you like reach out to someone you've looked up to they're happy to help like they want to get to know you and you find out that you have tons of stuff in common with all these people that have been heroes and things like that and it kind of blew my mind as soon like right out of the gate like tim van damme i just hit him up for twitter like i was like i'm having some issues with sketch can you like show me some stuff and he was like yeah come over for lunch like that'd be great yeah that's that's pretty cool twitter is accounts for just so many connections especially with this show um it's amazing to me and then everyone hates on it i love it i love it twitter is my favorite yeah, i don't i don't use it enough i think I'm going to start using it. Yeah, what more. the hell, Robin? I don't know. It's just... I've s started using it a lot less. It's like the, the less you tweet, the more you're going to think about what you're going to say. And <laughs> it's, it's becoming like painful to make one tweet because you just like you don't do it that much. So it's like scary. I don't know. Cool. So yeah, Robin, you just had a product launch at yes. Facebook. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, so... I actually started to work on this when I joined the company. Um, I worked on this with Jemre, uh, Jemre uh, Gungor. Um, he's really talented and he's really good to like work with. He's a research. branch co-founder, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and he has a lot of skills in terms of like prototyping with Framer and uh, working with research, how to analyze data and everything. So he told me a lot of stuff about this because that was the first time that I worked with research and data and all these resources i like before i didn't care about any of this i was just looking to like create beautiful pixels uh but that's like far from enough at facebook we do like a lot of research around how people use facebook uh and since i'm working with newsfeed we we try to understand what are what are the issues with newsfeed right now uh and so we like there's some stuff that that's coming a lot it's like i don't feel i have control over newsfeed uh, i'm missing stories from from the friends i care about and so we were trying to like close that gap and make sure people were happy with what they have and make sure that people knew they have control of a newsfeed, uh, what is giving them better control. Um, so like we did like a lot of uh, research. We did like UX session. We show you like we show people like basically people came over in the office. Uh, we show them a real prototype or just paper marks or like some ideas that we have and we ask them to like comment on this and we ask them to like give us feedback on what, what they think. And so very recently we uh, we launched the new uh, newsfeed preferences um, to like give you like a better um, better tools to control what you see on newsfeed and we launched a feature called See First uh, which like we can go on somebody's profile, you can add them to see first and basically all the posts that they're going to make, uh, you're going to see that at the top of newsfeed uh, with a blue uh, star. So that like these two, uh, like the new newsfeed preferences and see first was the result of a lot of research and a lot of issues that people had that we're trying to fix. What's the process like to validate that what you've come up with, that your solution is the right one and that it's going to work for the um, outside of like the user testing like on a broad sure. scale i guess so b before you're doing any user testing or anything uh and before you do any implementation work with the engineers um there's a huge exploration phase where you have to like go over and like try like multiple design trying to like create to come up with a solution but it's better to like 
try a lot of stuff, even like crazy stuff. And then you can narrow it down to like maybe a couple leads and you can do like some like quartz composer, like framer with this to see how it feels. Um, but there was like a lot of ex design explorations. Um, and we also have weekly uh, reviews with like some people in the company to like present them what you have and like see if that's the right direction, get feedback from them. Like it's a, it's a very long process because we have to make sure that what we ship is uh, like what people need. Um, so were you prototyping your own work or were you working with Gemray on that? So Gemray is working on Framer. I was working on Quartz Composer. Um, Gemray was really focusing on uh, research and data and making sure we were like on the right direction. I was um, I was doing a lot of design execution work uh, and since I joined the company I wanted to know more about Quartz Composer so I did a lot of prototyping as well. Ideal, um, Ideal, also like a lot of prototype for like other part of the product. Um, like we, we had like a really great collaboration on this. That, that that was actually the first time that I worked with another designer. I was used to like be the only designer in the company. So that was like a big change for me. But like Jeremy was like really cool. Um, so yeah, that, that was a that was a great process. For an unrelated project, mm -hmm. you've had to work with the Zuck himself. Yeah, I'm not going to say work with Zuck. I had like a... Had a review with Zuck. Yeah, what we call Zuck review. Uh, it's like that's not happening... That's that's not happening every week. That's not happening every month as well. Right. It's like when we when you reach like a certain stage in a in the product, uh, you're gonna go to Zuck to see if like what we have and what we build is like like fixing a problem that people have and that that's the right thing to do for Facebook. That's like very uh, that's a very cool thing. Like doing a Zuck review. I did only one, uh, and so that was for like an unrelated project. But I was. I was able to present like a few prototype that I made for like this project uh, and I got feedback from Zach. And so that, that was really cool. That was like 30, 30 or 45 minutes. Um, that was like very intense, but at the same time, that was very casual. I thought so. Yeah. What's he like working with in terms of the feedback he gives? Is it, is it pretty critical? Like, does he see it from the design perspective or um, how does he view your solution? So it, He's not going to talk about like very specific design execution, uh, but he's, he's going to give you like, like a very clear high level feedback on what you're doing. Um, sometimes maybe he tries to like talk about design a little bit, um, but like the most valuable thing for you is to know like if what you're doing is really achieving our goal and making sure that's the right thing to do for Facebook. Um, so I, th I thought that was like when I presented that stuff, that, that was like pretty um, like casual and easy to like talk to Zach about this. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty cool experience. And of course, after that, when you have a like Zuck review, you do like a live event on Facebook. Everybody does that. <laughs> uh-huh. That's cool. Okay, well, so to go back to the newsfeed stuff, so that mm -hmm. launched, um, yes. how's everything been going since then? Uh, pretty good. Uh, so we launched in July, um, like early July. We, we launched C first on like all the platforms. Uh, and for the new newsfeed preferences, we started with iOS. Uh, we recently shipped the version on um, mobile, like the um, web mobile. Um, we recently shipped the one on www, and we're working on the one for Android. Uh, like we want to make sure we're going to cover everything. I love that you guys all refer to web as dub dub dub. I said dub 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 to Bryn. He was like, "What?" I thought that was that's three times the syllables necessary. <laughs> because I actually the next day I asked people, I'm like, "Why don't we call it web?" And it's because we have like five different versions of the website. Yeah, and but I suppose that does it. I honestly thought that that was how you guys like talk about web in no, the US. No, like, that's only Facebook. Okay, <laughs> dub dub dub. Okay, I constantly have people asking like if if I'll say. For example, my, my URL is Brin.io. And people are like, wait, www.brin.io.com? Like, <laughs> no. It's, it's interesting how people think about things as these chunks in the URL. Like, I always have people uh, try sending me email. Um, and I'll say it's hi at Brin.io. And they'll type H-I-G-H -H or whatever. Like, super weird. Hi. Yeah, I was like, what do you think of me? <laughs> God. 
Wow. Roxanne, do you uh, do you prototype as well, or have you gotten into that? I'm trying to get into that. Uh, like I tried um, Framer for a while, uh, and I tried Quartz Composer like one year ago, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna work a little bit on that before starting at Facebook because I think it's important. But I guess uh, we'll have some. Um, people who's gonna told us that uh, on the first first weeks here so so yeah uh, I really love the concept I used like when I was working for the web agency um, I used to make it wasn't 3D prototyping but I was using like Marvel app I mm-hmm. don't know if you use yeah, that Marvel. so I used that a couple times to like um, make people understand how uh, the things um flow together yeah and yeah so so yeah i really love the concept of even if we are not capable of doing engineering things and making our pixels come to life uh we can actually like try to like orientate a little bit uh what we have in mind and that's a point like beyond pixels to to make like interactions and stuff because design is going there and he's already there. So, there was a dear design student that came out yesterday. Did you see that? Yeah, Chantal Jandard. So I guess when this comes out, it'll have been like five days ago. It came out on Friday. That's do you want to do you want to recap it? Because I thought it was an interesting point of discussion. So, let me preface this with Mark Edwards also wrote a rebuttal that is really good um, on on Designer News, but. It's part of Dear Design Student, which is uh, the Mule-like medium blog thing that they're doing. Um, or is at least Mule-led. It's a significant amount of the Mule team. Okay, so uh, Chantal, who I met through the Mule team um, at Mike Essel's going away party when he moved back to New York. Uh, she wrote this piece about how tools won't make you a better designer, which... The, the thesis was that the tools don't make you a better designer. Yeah, like... it. Mark's rebuttal was basically that, so he uses the metaphor of music, Mm -hmm. where uh, better recording tools won't make you a better musician, but they, like, they won't make a better piece of music, but they will make better sound. You can make a better sound legitimately, right? So they might not make you a better illustrator. They might not make you better at, um, I don't know, whatever, UI stuff, I guess. But if you follow the rules and have the right tools to do so, if you have the best tools, you can reach a higher level. I don't think that by default they make you better, though. Yeah, so my question for you is, like, how much do you focus on which tools to use? Like, people could debate Framer and Quartz all day, but, like, how how much time do you spend exploring all those before you just actually just pick one and go with it? Um, for me, I guess that was pretty fast. Um, I don't have any, like, engineering background, so, like between using like Framer, which is based on JavaScript and Quartz Composer, which is like trying to like link patches together. Um, I don't know, like the logic of, if there's any logic, but the logic of Quartz Composer like resonated with me uh, better than Framer. And I thought that like Facebook is doing a lot of effort with Quartz Composer. So I don't know, it felt like a better choice for me. Uh, And like for doing like quick prototyping, like, that's for doing like basic stuff with Quartz Composer that's really fast, maybe more fast than Framer. Um, so I don't know. It That was pretty natural to me. I guess that the tool that you used have to suit you. That the main thing, like uh, we have like this debate between Framer, Forms or whatever, Quartz Composer or Sketch or Photoshop or Illustrator or Sketch. Yeah, you, you yep. can go all day with that. But I guess... And the best tool is the one that suits you, like the one you're the most effective at using. And I guess, yeah, everyone is different. So I guess, yeah, pick the one you choose and yeah. keep it if that works. We, we were just talking about this in the spec uh, Slack team the other day over grunt versus gulp. And like gulp has a more concise syntax. So you can like write these build systems pretty quickly. If you already know Grunt and you already have a setup, like why change? Even though people will tell you that yeah. it's like objectively better, it's subjectively better for you. 
Yeah, but I think it's important though to just uh, keep in mind that there's other tools and to keep like your mind updated. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like yeah, I love Sketch or whatever. I use Sketch, but if I used Photoshop like a lot for designing, uh, I would say, yeah, I know that Sketch exists and I think it's important to... You, you have to be aware of the other thing that's yeah. all around us, I guess. Mm-hmm. You need to know why you're using like this particular tool and not another... I think that That's was a great answer. what Mark Edwards said as well, which I agreed with. It's like using the right tool doesn't make you a better designer, but using the wrong tool can make you a worse designer. Yeah. 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 Like if you're trying to use Dreamweaver to like design a Facebook app, right? <laughs> or InDesign for UI, which I have heard people doing. Yeah, yeah. There's so many constraints on the tool that like even if you feel effective with it, you could like triple your productivity or like triple your understanding of a platform by, by using the one of the right tools not saying that there's one but a better one so <laughs> we were talking about prototyping have you tried to use keynote for prototyping uh no but i've watched demos I, like, i've heard of a lot of people doing it actually the first time i saw gabe valdivia's work it was a keynote uh prototype like magic, and i was blown away magic move yeah yeah magic move yeah because i like i had to do like a lot of presentation and it's like sometimes you're jumping from your keynote to like a video or like a, like a quartz composer file. But like if you want to explain, like I noticed that when you like present like a big thing with a lot of stuff happening, a lot of animation everywhere, like people don't, they, they just don't follow what, you, what you're trying to explain. Um, but with keynote, you can control everything with the keyboard and it's like one step at a time. And I thought that was like really uh, powerful like for like presentation and for like, like, simple animation uh i don't know that i tried that that was pretty cool see that's one of those ones where i feel like keynotes sort of been hacked to become like a ui prototyping tool but people have like made it work for that specific use case right like so that's a case where yeah learning keynote is probably gonna help you be a better designer if you can like learn that situation for presenting yeah thing. yeah i think it's it's the right tool for that specific job i don't think it's probably as good at doing like high def uh like specific output for developers and things like that. Oh yeah, right? no, like no, you can't sure. get the right sure. output. Yeah, I think the devil's advocate side would be like, it's good to keep up with new tools, but the rate at which tools are coming out is just increasing. So yeah. like, how do you pick what to learn? Like, principle came out. Yep. Last yeah, week. I, that's the prototyping one. Right? Yeah, yeah, I tried that. Daniel Hooper made it. It's great. I love it pretty easy it's like sketch for <laughs> prototyping it's sketch for prototyping. Yeah, it looks like sketch. Well, it's, it is it's, like sketch. it's the yeah. mac system default ui that's it's not sketch style it's just the default ui the way he builds the interactions feels like sketch yes, yes. that's true yeah i'm a big fan it's it kind of sucks that uh the ios app has been getting rejected over and over because they said it doesn't add value is the ios app like a viewer yeah Okay. So, yeah, you can, like, stream it oh, like Sketch Mirror. That's too bad. Wait, it's getting rejected by Apple? Yeah, they keep rejecting it. He's gotten rejected three times. Because it doesn't add value? They say it doesn't add value, but he's pointing to all the other mirrors that are in this app store. That's crazy. What? Yeah, right? <laughs> that adds a ton of value. I didn't even know that that was, like, a reason you couldn't get into the app store. Oh, yeah, you're doesn't right. doesn't add right. value. Like, what's the value of uh, Flappy Bird? <laughs> based on the number of people who played them but why couldn't you say that it's going to make 10,000 designers more productive and better at their jobs at building iPhone apps I, I assume that he has told them this answer I, me this Bryn tell I, me <laughs> I mean I was the app store reviewer in charge of it <laughs> seriously but yeah man I would love to just learn the app store review process that's got to be so complicated yeah it's it's interesting like the people who actually our app store reviewers can't really tell people that they are that yeah i think that's really like a unique position to be in you just can't tell people what your job is it's like being a spy i work at apple and i don't do anything (laughs) they usually don't tell people they work at apple at least in my experience i think that's weird are they engineers they're not engineers just their job is to yeah they curate the app store they they, there has to be some degree of engineering right i guess yeah maybe there's technical reviewers separate i don't know so you got to check process. for public APIs and things like that. Or private APIs, I mean. That whole process is so opaque and like terribly communicated. Dear design student, I disagree with a lot of the stuff, but it 
raises interesting questions. Um, the other one was... There was one other one on Wednesday that just it ruined my day. It was uh, telling people to not work at startups. Young designers to not work at startups. I'm just to, leaving school. And to work at an agency. I want to work at a startup. So you both have like that perspective as well, right? What do you think? I don't know, like working in a web agency right after your studies could be useful because you learn a lot of things. You learn how to jump quickly from one project to another. You learn versatility, like you know how to do a lot of different things. Uh, you generally work with um, a lot of other people around you, other designers, uh, engineers. You have like the whole chain of command and stuff. Um, um, after that, I think even if you can learn a lot of, of it, um, it depends what you choose for your next steps. Like I wasn't made for web agencies because, yeah, you learn how to jump from one project to another, but you have to leave a lot of things behind, like quality, like we don't have time, we don't have <laughs> resources you have to move fast not the good fast like oh that's not the <laughs> not what the i designed fast. that's okay that's gonna do it like this <laughs> is the kind of stuff that i couldn't bear like because i was working hard on my mock-ups and every single day there were no no jump to the other project it's a high priority and <laughs> and from that i knew that i was made to work in like in a single and focus on one product only. But that was my opinion. Like we have a lot of friend work in web agencies and love that. Like because they don't want to make the same thing all over again. Yeah. They want to, uh, yeah, have new briefings every day and yeah, work on a lot of projects. So I guess it depends on your personality. Yeah, some people are just not interested in doing the same project for like a year. They want to go like fast and like maybe like a project per week or something like this. And if you want to do, if you want to like, like improve your skill on the art direction, like an agency could be, could be a great thing um, because we don't really have this role in like huge companies like Facebook or that's, that's not something that's like, it's more difficult to reach. So yeah, I guess, I guess again, that depends like what you need and what you want, uh, what you want to do like every day. Uh, but yeah, for us, that was like great to learn like how to do many things, how to do illustrations, how to do UI, UX, like everything. Uh, but then you like, you understand how it works. You understand what you have to do so you can jump to like a new role where you're like maybe the single designer in a startup and then you have like a lot of skills to provide to this company. So like, yeah, maybe that's why it's hard when you just got out of school to write away jump into a startup mode mm -hmm. because sometimes a lot of startups have one or two designers so if you're just on your own just after your studies you're gonna be lost a little bit I guess and you're gonna like you're gonna be missing a lot of good stuff that would make you a better designer or I guess I think that's interesting because what you described about the web agency was basically has been my experience in startups so, like, oh, yeah yeah, new stuff, constantly changing roles, stuff like that. I, I think was going to say that the way same buffer. thing. It was the same way for me as well. Like the startup I worked for mm -hmm. got the same experience, like just this huge breadth of stuff. But I do think I buy into this idea that like that's a much more un unstructured way to learn from people who know what they're doing. Whereas an agency, like you might get that same breadth, but it's under the support of a company that has other people like working alongside you that can mentor you and stuff. That's not to say that startups don't have mentors, but that, that was one of the points you brought up is like, you need a mentor. Mike, I certainly didn't have like other designers at buffer to like work with, you know, like yeah. I could chat with other people in the company and learn from them, but like on the design side, like the frustrating part for me is that it said, no one's going to help you be a better designer and you need a mentor and implying that you wouldn't get one there. So if I'm, a design lead at a startup <clears throat> and I'm trying to hire people that's implying that one I can't mentor them to be better and two I won't help them be a better designer and that's like he's saying that he's an advocate for designers and then throwing a huge chunk of them under the bus like all at once yeah that was very frustrating for me
So for me, like the web agency feels like school because you're going to play with a lot of stuff. You're going to learn a lot of things. There's a lot of people around you. And startup for me is like, yeah, you learned everything at school, like meaning the web agency. So now you're like ready to maybe like take more responsibility and like create stuff on your own because in startup, there's, that's really where, where you have like more than 15 or like 10 people. Um, at least from my experience, uh, like I worked for like, I don't know, two or three startups and I was the only like designers for all of them. And so you need to know how to do like a website, like an app, like print materials, like mm-hmm. promotion and everything, like ads. That's like so many things you need to do. Uh, and they all like rely on you because you're the only designer of the company. So like business cards, everything, it's, that's not easy for everybody. So yeah. no, business ads cards better. are insane. Yeah, right? Ad banners? Yeah. Wow. They're yeah. crazy. And I think the right person thrown into that environment right out of school, like maybe that's great for them. Like they can pick it up really fast. But I could see how the agency is like a nice ramp up to it. I think the biggest problem I had with the article, which is an easy problem to have with any article, is that it speaks in absolutes. And generalities. Very and, broad generalities. Yeah. It makes it really easy to dispute it. I, I'm not saying that agencies don't have high value, especially when there are several designers there that you can learn from. But saying that an agency will automatically be a better decision is just not the case. I guess you, you like, no matter if it's like a web agency or a startup, if you're like a young designer, you're coming out of school, just make sure the company you join is like a company with like maybe two two other designers that can help you grow sure. and learn stuff. Yeah. But if you're the only designer just fresh out of school, that could be, that could be difficult. Uh, but I, I don't know. It is difficult. but also if you're like if you specialize in native and you've been working on native ui for a long time going to a web agency is not the right decision right like it's just unlikely to happen there i guess when i say web agency i just like the web agency we're working for there was like an agency so we were doing like print we're doing apps we're doing web so that was everything uh but yeah if you like specialize on ui and apps if you take a job with like only uh web stuff like that's not the same job. And we come to another conclusive end where the answer is, it depends. <laughs> Yay, generalities. <laughs> Yay, generalities. Cool. I think we're running out of time. Yeah, we're out of time. Uh, you guys want to plug anything before you go? Uh, I'm excited about, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk a little bit more about people Do over it. here. Do it. Yes. Do it. Uh, so I'm really proud to have you guys uh, on People Over Heroes. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be the first time I'm going to make a duo interview. So I really can't wait. And I hope you like the question. And I hope everyone's uh, like the interview when it comes out. I had a much harder time answering questions with Brian than without Brian. Can we just get rid of Brian? <laughs> Thanks, dude. You can you can get rid of your sidekick. You can't. She said you can't. She called you my sidekick. Yeah, like, hey, Roxanne. <laughs> More importantly. Oh my god! Just because you don't like superheroes. No, we're like a superhero team up. I'm like Luke Cage, and you're like Iron Fist. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you know who they are? No. Nope. Like either. Batman and Superman. Uh, Always at odds. Oh, oh. I prefer like I'm Superman and, and Lex Luthor. <laughs> like, oh, like one of you have to be the bad guy, but that's oh. my favorite. You're taller, so you're clearly the bad guy. I would be. Uh, do you you're really a bit think, too pure of heart. Do you think I could ever be a bad guy, Bryn? You're a total Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Boy Scout. Are you really a Boy Scout? No. Okay. <laughs> Scout's honor. You're a nice boy, Brian. Anything else? Uh, no, I'm just like exciting about all the like adventures that we're gonna have, like Facebook and like all the trips they're gonna do and everything. It's gonna be fun. If more people followed you on Twitter, would you tweet more? Yes. Where can they find you? On Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's your handle? <laughs> uh, Robin Cladier. Like if, if you know how to write my name, I'm gonna be really happy. We'll, have we'll a, put it in the show we'll notes. We'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> And Roxanne. So I tweet a lot, but it's at Roxanne Pledier. Cool. Well, thanks for coming and hanging out on a Saturday. Oh, thank you. Merci. That was great. Merci. <laughs> uh, beaucoup. 
Yeah. Very well. <laughs> That's good. You should know how to speak French. You know so many French people. You should know it. You should you should do an episode all in French. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where oui. we sit and look really dumb. We oui. We oui. We oui. You just oui. been to France. <laughs> yeah. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been the time to say we. Oui. Cool. Thanks guys. Thank Thanks. you. Goodbye from episode 57 of the Design Details Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, hit us up on Twitter. We are at Design Details FM. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback, suggestions. Uh, we also have a Slack team. If you want to chat with us in a chat room or casual format to join, just go to spec.fm slash slack. There's slash slack. Slash slack. There's slack, over- slack. <laughs> nice. There's over 500 designers and developers in there right now. We're all just chatting about the tools we use, uh, critiquing each other's work, talking about things going on in the design and development industry. We made Pokemon emoji. Pokemoji. Yep. And every Friday we do a group community critique with some of our favorite designers. Last week we had Dan Petty in to critique your work, people who uploaded stuff that they're working on. He also uploaded some of the stuff he's working on and you got to critique that. So you guys can go in there, get your work in front of some of your favorite designers, learn from them, learn good critique skills, learn things that you wouldn't have thought about when you're building the product so you get help on your project from your favorite designers for nothing yep so just go to spec.fm slash slack to join we look forward to seeing you in there and before we go we do have two sponsors we want to thank huge thanks once again to code school for making this episode possible code school is an online learning resource for both new and existing developers if you want to learn to code just go to codeschool.com slash design details They have courses in everything from JavaScript to Ruby, Git, HTML and CSS, and even iOS. What about DevTools? Oh, yeah, they have that as well. What about TryR? That's included as well. Yep. And they have an iPhone and iPad app so you can take your learning on the go. What if I want a Luchador-themed course on building HTML emails? Yeah, no problem. Just go to codeschool.com slash design details. You can get more information, learn how to code in a really awesome, easy-to-use format. We really appreciate them supporting the show, so be sure to check out codeschool.com slash design details. Second sponsor, once again, Hired. You've heard about them a few times on here now. Basically, if you want to be gainfully employed by someone else than you currently are, or aren't for that matter, go to Hired.com, sign up. Jobs will come to you. They work with over 2,500 pre-approved pre-screened, filtered companies. They're good companies, from large companies to startups, everything in between, in 12 major tech hubs. That includes San Francisco, of course, Seattle, LA, Austin, Boston, Chicago, New York City, London, Toronto, DC, San Diego, Atlanta. They have so many awesome companies on there. It's free, costs you nothing. There are no obligations. You don't have to take a job. You can turn companies down without even talking to them just because maybe you don't like them. That's fine. If you get a job through them, they'll normally give you $2,000 as a thank you bonus, which is a pretty great bonus. If you use our link, they'll double that to $4,000 when you accept a job, which means you get hired and you get a big bonus. It costs you nothing. Again, really, you have nothing to lose. Just go to hired.com slash design details. Thanks once again to Hired. And we'll see you on Monday.